Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Watch. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up level begins. Hello, beauties. Welcome back. Today, I want to take you through something really interesting that comes up for many, many people, and that is scarcity, scarcity around money, the belief, the underlying belief that there is not enough there or that there's a limited amount of money. And when we have scarcity operating, and I think at some level, this happens for all of us at some point. So this doesn't mean there's something broken with you or that anything has gone wrong. But it's really important for us to get clear on when and how this is appearing so that you can move through it, so that you can dissolve these beliefs. Now, some beliefs around scarcity are really obvious, right? If you always shop the sale rack or you never allow yourself to spend, like you might know that you have some scarcity going on. If you grew up with not a lot of money, like certain things are obvious, but certain beliefs around scarcity and patterns around scarcity are really sneaky. It's not always obvious. And so I want to take you through symptoms of scarcity and how these might be appearing for you. Now, I remember in our first year of business, I remember at one point I was listening to this podcast and it was titled something to the effect of, you know, how to make, you know, how to make your first hundred K. And I remember as I was listening to it, something really interesting occurred for me. Our business had already hit six figures. And so I thought to myself, like I had clicked on this podcast that was about earning your first six figures. And I was sort of unpacking it as to why I would do that. Right. And I realized in that process that I actually didn't see myself as a six figure earner, even though tangibly we had those results. Like I had earned six figures in that business. I didn't actually believe that I had made that money. It almost seemed like a fluke or, you know, fake. And that is one really clear example of how these beliefs can be really sneaky and they can operate beneath the surface and you might not even realize they're there. So that in that case for me, wasn't necessarily scarcity, but it was the belief that I wasn't earning six figures or couldn't earn six figures or, you know, some sort of self-doubt around that, even though I had the tangible results to prove otherwise. So you got to be really onto yourself with a lot of these things. It's fascinating. So the first symptom of scarcity is very common for a lot of people. And trust me, I know, especially with the town that I live in, it costs money to live here. It costs probably more money than most other places, if not all other places in Costa Rica. And I frequently hear people say, it's really expensive. If you find yourself saying that a lot or ever saying it's really expensive, that is a symptom of scarcity. Now, here's why. Because you could just not say that, right? You could just choose, you can choose to spend your money in certain places. You could choose not to live in Nosara. You could choose to live in, you know, a cheaper city. You could choose to spend your money 
on certain things at the grocery store and not other things, right? But without saying this is too expensive, right? Because when you say it's too expensive, what you're actually saying is something to the effect of like, I can't afford it. Instead of just believing like I choose to put my money in certain places, right? I choose to prioritize something else with my money. The word expensive doesn't feel good in your body, right? When you're saying that, you know, you could say the word premium, right? Like the word premium or luxury, like that probably puts you into a state of expansion. But when you say expensive, like how does it actually feel for you? And are you saying it's too expensive from an empowered place, right? That you feel, you know, in control of, or like, I can't have that, or there's not enough for me to have that there. Right. And really expensive is all relative, right? You just get to choose where you put your money. So the fix for this is really like, just stop saying it. And anytime you notice other people saying it, and this is something I do a lot, like just don't engage in the conversation. There is literally zero benefit to having a conversation about how expensive things are, about how the cost of living has gone up, right? Like complaining about how much things cost, whether you're going to buy it or not, doesn't benefit you right? You just don't have to say those things, right? It's not, it's not a net positive in my experience. The second symptom of scarcity is if you hesitate in investing in yourself, right? Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you should invest in yourself in all places for all programs and all things, or, you know, investing in the market, right? It doesn't mean that every investment is a good idea, but if there are investments that you want to make, right? Things that you really want to put your money toward. And you hesitate because you think that there's, you know, maybe there's not enough there, or you want to sign more clients or earn more money first, or you're worried that it's not going to work out, right? Often this belief just defies the logic. Like you have enough money there, right? And believing or Preventing yourself from taking action toward the things that you want because you're worried that the investment won't work out is coming from the belief of there's not more money behind it, right? You don't need every investment to work out or to get you the best ROI to know that the choices you make to invest in yourself are a net positive for the places that are aligned, right? And so often the way that you can get out of that pattern is like really just doing the math. (laughs) Like, do you have the money available to you? Do you believe that this is going to get you a return on your investment, whether it's investing in yourself, investing in a home, investing in the market? And do you trust yourself to make that decision, even if it doesn't work out, right? Because over the course of your life, the, all of the investments that you make will be a net positive for you. Versus what happens when we hesitate investing in ourselves, And I see this a lot thinking about, you know, even investing in the market, right. Or not buying that home that you wanted to invest in. You hesitate, you don't do it. And then six months later, you kick yourself because you're like, I should have done it six months ago, but I was too worried that it wasn't going to work out. And then I was going to lose money. And what you've actually done is you've lost money by waiting, delaying, or choosing not to, right? That's the the loss that we don't often factor in, right? Is the cost of cost of waiting or the cost of saying no when you actually a yes was more aligned 
The next symptom of scarcity is when you just tell yourself there's not enough there. You think that regardless of whether you have 10 grand in the bank or a hundred grand, or there's a million sitting there, you always believe, or like at every level of income, you always believe there's not quite enough, right? It always, things always feel tight, right? And what often happens, I see this a lot when especially when it comes to savings. Like I'll talk to women that have 70 grand sitting in cash and they make that 70 grand actually equate in their minds as being zero. It's like, I can't drop below 70 grand because then I'm like, I'm net negative. (laughs) It's like, we're constantly moving the bar. And so it always feels like there's not enough. The same thing happens when you, you know, when you think your results are a fluke. So if you don't want to celebrate your wins, this is another one. If you don't feel comfortable, you know, and sometimes we don't feel comfortable celebrating our wins because we're worried what people are going to think about us. And that's a little bit different than this. But if you're worried that you don't want to celebrate your wins or you don't want to tell anyone because you don't want to jinx it, like if that's going through your mind, you're thinking that your results are a fluke and you're believing the bottom is going to drop out. And you don't actually trust that money is just there and available to you and that you're responsible for attracting and creating all of it, right? And so by not celebrating, you don't want to jinx it. You believe that there's not more coming, right? And this happens, this was very much a pattern for me for years because I was really used to the bottom dropping out. So if you had, you know, maybe an upbringing where, the rug was often pulled out from under you, or you've had a pattern of kind of this like roller coaster behavior with money, maybe coming into big opportunities, or maybe you even won the lottery, or you know, got an inheritance and then it all kind of dissolves, or maybe a job opportunity came in and then it was taken away, or you know, it didn't land, right? We tend to believe that like money isn't this stable thing that it's like coming from something outside of us. And that just isn't true. And so the way you actually move through this is really allowing yourself to celebrate the wins. Like you celebrating is not going to take it away, is not going to mean that there's no more money coming. Even if you, even if the opportunity doesn't land in the way you think, right? There's always another one coming. So celebrating it is only going to attract more of that to you, right? Because you're the woman that gets big money wins. You're the woman that lands big opportunities time and time and time again, right? There's no jinxing anything. You are always responsible for it. And the next symptom of scarcity is really, really common. And this is when we feel guilty for spending money. So if you're ever at the grocery store and you want to buy the fancy Greek yogurt or the, you know, truffle cheese, and you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the less expensive option, even though you can afford it and you really want the cheese, right? Or if you go to your favorite fashion designer, the website, and you sort the prices lowest to highest instead of just choosing the things that you want. Right now, this doesn't mean that you just spend willy nilly on everything that you desire, right? But it does mean you allocate your money. So this this happens a lot, I think, because you know, for two reasons, 
you don't have a system for allocating your money, which means when you don't have a plan, what I teach in my program is the unbudget. So it's, you know, a backward way to budget, but what it really gives you the ability to do is to see where your money is going and allocate it. So you get to put a thousand dollars toward your favorite fashion brand, or you get to spend two grand on groceries this month because you know, that's, you know, buying organic is really important for you, right? You get to choose all of that. But when we don't have a system for planning the money, the only option we have is to just constrict spending, <clears throat> is to tell ourselves that spending is bad. And the more we spend, the worse we are, right? And of course, when we are operating from that belief or from that frame, we feel guilty for spending money, right? Or when we're not looking at it. Often, if we're not looking at our finances and we're not sitting down with it, we have we have a fictitious you know, we have a fictitious belief about how much money is or isn't there instead of actually knowing the number. And let me tell you, we often think that looking at the number is going to be more painful than not looking at it, but our mind is naturally wired to go into the worst case. So when you're not looking at it, your mind is always running the belief of like, there's not enough there, or it's all going to dissolve, or it's, you know, it's, it's going to run out. It tells you crazy things versus when you're actually looking at it, you're like, oh, I have 10 grand there. I have 20 grand there. Right. And you know how much you're actually spending. Right. And so you just have so much clarity on it. So you get to choose where it goes and you get to allocate it, which means, and you also know that there's more coming. Right. And so you don't have to feel guilty for buying the fancy cheese. You've chosen it in advance. It's part of your plan. And you're confident there's more coming. You're not believing that the money is going to run dry. The next symptom of scarcity is if you believe that your clients can't afford your rates. Say you're on a sales call and you offer them discounts before they even ask for it. Or, you know, you are just, you, choose not to raise your prices. You haven't raised your prices in like two years, right? Or you get onto a sales call or you send out an email believing no one's going to buy, right? You believe that your clients can't afford your rates. That's crazy. Or you believe that people don't want to pay more money. I say this a lot, but like, I am literally the kind of person that would rather pay more for something. I don't ever buy you know, $30 coaching offers or even a hundred dollar offers. Like I would much rather pay someone 10 or 20 grand for something than buy something for a hundred bucks. Why do you think that is? Because I am interested in paying for results. I would rather pay $400 for a really good quality piece of clothing than pay 20 bucks for something on sale that's going to fall apart in two days. Like people want to pay for results. They want to pay for good quality. Not everybody, right? But if we are constantly believing that everybody wants a discount, when really that's coming from our own mind because we're the type of person that wants a discount, it doesn't serve us. And again, it's all coming from a place of scarcity. So believe your ideal clients want to pay more, that they not only can afford your rates, but that they're excited to pay more for it because they know they're getting a lot for it right? That you deliver incredible services, incredible products, incredible offers. Think about when you think about your favorite brand of anything. Just have a think about that for a sec. Maybe it's your favorite brand of clothing or even cars. It's like when that brand comes out with something new, 
and you get to buy it, how excited are you? I remember I, I often don't buy Lululemon anymore because it's hard to get in Costa Rica. But when Lululemon comes out with their you know new colors, the new line of colors, I'm like, oh my God, it's so fun. I'm not like sad about spending money there. People love spending money and people love spending money with you. I want you to anchor that in. Another sign of scarcity is actually overworking. All my little hustlers out there, you know who you are. And believe me, I used to, that used to be my MO for sure. Often hustle or overworking, you know, not hard work, but working to the point of exhaustion, working when you don't have any more to give, working to the point of, you know, depletion or burnout. We all know when we've been there and that is always coming from a scarcity place, right? It's coming from the place of it's not enough. I haven't done enough. You know, I don't have enough money. I'm not moving quickly enough, right? The difference between that coming from a place of scarcity and you showing up really excited to put in what could be a really long day, you know, of podcasting or serving clients or working on a big project, like working a late night doesn't have to be from a place of hustle. But if it's coming from the belief of I'm not signing enough clients or I'm not making enough money or it's not happening quickly enough, or I don't know when my next client is going to happen. And so I have to say yes to the clients that are out of alignment, right? All of that is coming from a place of scarcity. So you really want to clean that up. And then the last symptom of scarcity is often when we feel weird talking about money, so maybe you avoid money conversations with your partner, or if you tense up before you tell someone your rates, right? Think about what you're actually believing in those moments. If you, and, and what you're making it mean, right? You're making it mean that maybe that there's not enough there or that spending with your partner is going to feel weird. Like think about think about this shift for a moment. If you believed money were like air, like it was everywhere, like everybody had access to it. There was an infinite amount of it, an infinite supply. It wasn't something you had to like work your ass off for or hoard or never spend or exhaust yourself to get that it was just there and available for you. What would be different about those conversations? Right? Would you still tense up? before you told someone your rates? Or would you know that just, no, you both have access to air and it's fine. Would you still avoid the money conversations with your partner? No. The reason you're avoiding these conversations are because you feel like there's a fixed supply of it, or maybe you believe that they believe there's a fixed supply of it, right? And often that's just our own projections. <laughs> Even if they do believe that, it can often be your own projections. And so the fix for this is really just like reframing what those conversations mean for you, like getting clear on what you're believing in your mind and leaning in. So when it comes to scarcity beliefs or really anything else, sometimes these things operate so beneath the surface that they're very much unconscious to us. We're not aware that we're even believing that. And this is true, not of not just of scarcity beliefs, but of many things. And so you can always use your feelings and your actions 
and your results as clues as to what you are believing, right? Remember at the start of the episode, in my example, my actions around clicking on and downloading and listening to a podcast about how to earn your first hundred grand was a clue as to what I was believing about myself and my own business. So get like really, really present to how you're feeling when it comes to money or how you move through your day or how you show up to your business, the actions that you're taking, you know, the way that you're showing up, the strategies you're using, the emails that you're sending, or often it's the, the things we're not doing, right? The things that we're not allowing ourselves to show up to do. The times we're procrastinating or avoiding conversations or avoiding sending out that email or not pitching or pitching less than we you know committed to or delaying things. And you can also use your results as clues to this, right? So if you wanted to hit 500 grand this year and you haven't hit your goal, that's a clue as to what's going on in your mind. And none of this is a problem. None of these beliefs or anything else mean that there's something wrong or that you're not going to hit your goal or that you're going to have scarcity beliefs forever or that you're going to feel in contraction about money forever and always. No, not at all. This is an opportunity for you to get aware of what's going on in your mind, for you to lean in, for you to unpack it, and for you to actually change what's there for you. And when you operate from the place of when you actually start believing there is always enough there, money becomes a lot more fun. When you truly believe there is an infinite supply of money available to you, what actually happens is that you want to sit down with your money. You want to sit down with it regularly because you know that it's growing. You can weather any month or any storm or any crazy tax bill or car repair or your roof caving in at home and you don't panic because you believe that there's always more. You can weather any, you know, any down month in business and you don't panic because you're not looking at the short term of like what's here right now or the idea of a missed goal. You're like, no, of course there's more coming, right? You can see far into the future and you trust it. And you don't feel stress or anxiety in the same way about money because you trust the flow of it. You trust your ability to create it and attract it. And you know that it's always available for you. You don't believe your results are coming from outside of you. So if there's a challenge or a problem to be solved, you know you're the kind of person that can solve it, right? This is all coming from your own mind. And when you get to that place of believing that not just there's always money available to you, but you're the kind of person that can always create money, you have no stress about it at all. And it feels so, so good. And that is available to every single one of you. Wherever you came from, whatever your background, whatever you learned from childhood, all of it can be rewired. Remember, everyone, to every one of you listening, you were all born for wealth. Thank you to everyone tuning in. It is always a vibe to be with you here every week. If you're digging the pod and you want to go deeper on mastering your money and growing your wealth, I invite you to book in a free wealth audit with me. You can find the link for that in the show notes. We'll spend some time diving into where you're at with money, where you want to be, and I'll give you a full breakdown of exactly how to get there. 
give yourself the gift of doing that now. You can have more ease and clarity with money now. And let's be honest, you deserve it. I love you. And remember, you were born for wealth.